What's going on? This is Jay Glover, and welcome to another Midnight Podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? If you haven't had a chance, uh, go out, vote 2020. If you haven't or if you don't want to vote, that's all right. I, I'm not one of them fools that sits there and tells you, you know, you're not American or, you know, you're you're not... Uh, you're not you're not a citizen in my eyes. I've known people to be them kind of cats. I don't care who you vote for or if you don't vote. But be righteous in everything you do. Don't don't sit there and be that cat that doesn't vote. And then and I have friends who 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 do kind of say no no kind of they do say well because I don't vote, I have a bigger opinion of the matter because I didn't choose that guy or I didn't choose that person. So I have the right to bitch and complain. And you do. I mean, you are a lot of the same rights. But I just feel like voting has consequences. So if you don't vote, it's to me kind of odd for someone to sit there and say that but i understand what they mean by saying i didn't vote for that because they're you know whoever is in office isn't isn't gonna listen to me i'm just one person and for people like that i say okay that's fair i understand but you but you still you still got to do your part some way somehow if it ain't voting then it's, you know, going out and uh, stressing why people shouldn't vote. If you do vote, go out and tell people to vote. I voted, and once again, it would be stupid for me to sit there and say, don't vote, but I'm not going to blame you if you don't vote. And I'm not going to hate you or, you know, think anything different of you if you still got something to say about something you didn't participate in, I'd seriously believe everybody still. And that's, <laughs> I guess that's the good and bad thing about America that everybody hates outside of America is that, you know, we are allotted the freedom of speech, meaning, you know, regardless of what I do, fuck you. I'm still going to say, what can you do about it? And if you touch me, I'm going to exercise my second amendment, right? So, uh, I, I can understand, I can understand the sentiment behind that, uh, but it's still important to be involved in government some way, somehow. If you don't trust the government, fight the government. If you, if you trust the government, fight for the government, but don't 
like I said, don't be the guy that sits there and doesn't accept the consequences of your own actions or inactions. You know, if you're inactive and something, something happens to you, don't bitch and complain. Just sit there and be like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to have to do something about this now and fix it the next time. And if you do act on something and, you know, the consequences don't go your way, don't bitch and complain. <laughs> you know, do something about it. Just sit there and say, okay, uh, you know, I didn't think that this was going to work out the way I thought it was going to work out, but instead I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. So once again, as a citizen, it's important that you vote. It's even more important to have your opinions heard, but all together, it's just important as a citizen of America and just a human being to be heard and to be seen and to promote some sort of positive so that children and their children and their children's children can look at it and say, okay, I can run with this and make a bigger impact in the future using this. Or I can learn from this and make a bigger impact in the future of preventing that from happening to somebody else. So, uh, you know, this one being the last podcast before the 2020 election, uh, you know, just two or three days, essentially two or three days away from election day 2020, I figured I'd go down a familiar track of heeding to advice. You know what I mean? I guess I guess that's the best thing I can game you guys on tonight is you know, heeding advice. You know, if he I always say if he take, you know, if you learn to take a wink, if you see someone sitting there, you know, giving you a nudge like, "Hey dude, Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, maybe you might not take it and you'll learn what, you know, through personal experience of me tonight, you'll learn like, okay, maybe sometimes a nudge in the, in the, in a wink may not help, but if you learn to recognize it, you can still, you can still fix whatever problems that you may have, whether it's you know, with your finances or with your living situation or with jobs or, you know, with family, uh, you know, friends, yourself, maybe you're a better other, you know, whether you're married or dating. Uh, but I wanted to give you guys a, 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 a lesson of that you know, learning how to take a wink and a nudge from a personal experience that I have with who I think is one of my biggest heroes. And I'm talking like across all uh, aspects of humanity, whether it's art, whether it's entertainment, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, politics or, uh, or literature or, or, or movies, whatever it is. Uh, I should have learned to take a wink and a nudge 
when this man was trying to give us a, nink, a, a, a wink and a nudge. And the man that I'm talking about is San Antonio hometown hero and the man that grew up in the same area that I grew up in, Mr. Sean Hickenbottom, a.k.a. the Heartbreak Kid, Sean Michaels. Uh, <laughs> and I think the biggest influence in my life that I can remember was him. You know, he was that dude that when I was growing up, I was like 10 or 11 during the Monday Night Wars and um, uh, when it started with the WCW and them. And, you know, they every Monday night, it was just like you got to understand, too, in the late 90s, you know, Jerry Springer was big, you know, all these. It was kind of like the precursor to today's reality TV, where it's just essentially filthy, trashy people putting on a facade, a character to portray a certain aspect of life uh, through the lens of the American public. But it's that filthy, trashy drama side of it that keeps everybody entertained. Hence the reason why we have a president that's in that, that comes from that mold, directly from that mold. He was a reality TV star when I was in high school. Like, I remember that. I remember my dad sitting there watching The Apprentice like, like a TV show. And he's our president, you know? And even then I knew, I was like, this cat, this cat, this cat is a bad businessman. Why is he always yelling at these cats selling them fire? Like, how you gonna have a job if you keep firing people, dude? That's the, <laughs> and it wasn't after, and it wasn't like I hated the dude, and I still don't hate Donald Trump. He entertains me. I tell people he's my dude. I'm like, that dude, that dude is something else. I think he's, <laughs> I just think he's horrible at a job. I've been told that. I'm, I'm a likable dude, but I'm horrible at keeping a job. I'm horrible at it. I don't adhere to rules that well. You know, now I have my own business. You know, you're learning, you're hearing a product of that business with this podcast series. You know, so, I mean, when I'm working on my own or working under my own terms, I'm cool. But when it's under somebody else's term, and once again, with the military, with school, with, you know, just regular job life, I can't deal with other people's rules. I can't deal with it. And it stems from, you know, the home with my dad being Mr. Military. I just never liked having rules. You know, because I had to live under them growing up for and strictly. Uh, so, and I would always get grounded because I would do that shit with my dad. I would always defy my dad. I could get my ass beat and then I get grounded. You know, I'm and and I know it's I I wasn't abused. Don't don't think that he just came home in a drunken stupor and just beat the shit out of me because. I was just his son and that's what he could do to me to quote unquote toughen me up. And if you know somebody or if you're going through that, I, I, I feel, I feel for you, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't want that for you. And I hope that I can help you through my own experiences of lawlessness and, you know, random occurrences of <laughs> run-ins with the cops and the law and define the system, so to speak to get a page out of, you know, 
the American book, like, you know, you're not alone in this. You know, people, we all suffer, but in different ways. And uh, that goes back to my story with Shawn Michaels, uh, the greatest wrestler that I've ever seen. And it just so happens he's from the same part of my hometown that I grew up from, which was in the Northeast side. He went to uh, Randolph High School. Uh, and actually, he played football at Texas State, which is the school that I actually uh, attended. Uh, so, and a lot of my close friends and a lot of people that have directly impacted my life, uh, we, you know, in San Marcos, Texas, you know, the same place. He went to school there when it was Southwest Texas uh, State. Um, but... The reason why I started off the story with, you know, you got to learn how to take a wink and a nudge when you see it was because I remember, and and this is where Shawn Michaels gets connected into all this. Um, I remember, I'm going to take y'all back to the 90s. So this is like 98, 99. Um, Shawn Michaels just recently retired at that time. So... One of the biggest stars in WWE history. WWF at that time, but WWE now. Uh, he abruptly retires. Uh, and at that time, you know, in the, in the scope of history, 25 years later, we all know he comes back through, you know, does the thing that The Rock does nowadays. You know, he, he he shows his face, he does a few promos, and then he's out. You know, same thing with Stone Cold and all these other cats from uh, previous years. And, you know, now recently The Undertaker, another Texas product. And I've been to his hometown out near Houston, uh, heading towards Houston, I should say, so and Stone Cold Steve Austin down in Victoria, which is like 45 minutes away from San Antonio, if you keep heading south. Uh, been through all of them, so, uh, you know, a little pat on my back. <laughs> the uh, triangle of wrestling lore, if you will. Uh, but uh, I remember... It, I don't know if te- I don't know if teachers still do this, but it was Dare Week, and I think we it was seventh or eighth grade. I can't remember, and I got some friends that can back me up on this, man. But I remember, uh, I remember during that Dare Week, we were one of the schools that got selected to go to a Dare rally. Uh. And even more specifically, uh, there was only a certain number of classes within my middle school, Wood Lake Hills Middle School, in uh, up in uh, North uh, in uh, Converse, Texas. Uh, but I remember vividly, you know, one of the criteria was like it was like a certain period that was allowed to, uh, like, at the time, and only certain classes were allowed to go at that time. And I was in one of those classes. Now, you got to understand, this is a kid who religiously watched the Monday Night Wars, 
both WCW and WWE every Monday night and when they started doing it Thursday and when they had those Saturday morning like recap shows with WWE superstars and uh, WCW, I can't, I think Saturday Night Fever or something like that. It It was like a WCW show that they showed like two or three like kind of like subpar matches just to have some wrestling on in the morning for the kids. Uh, I can't remember what the show was called. WCW, it was like a more, like, like I'm pretty sure when you ever, you send a voicemail in at uh, anchor.fm forward slash midnight podcast club, uh, I'm pretty sure y'all help me out with that and remind me what the show was called. Uh, or just, you know, on my, on my, uh, standard active laboratories, Facebook page or Instagram page. Uh, but I, you know, I, I was that, I was on it. I was on it, you know, attitude era, always on it. Right. Always just knew the new, the first matches that were coming up. I knew who was going to turn face. I knew who was going to turn heel. You know, I knew all the wrestling terms. I knew all the wrestlers. I knew, you know, new Japan pro wrestling and just disclaimer i haven't kept up with wrestling after like 2003 ish 2004 from that time on i kind of intermittently like had my times where i'm just like oh i wonder who's who's the faces now and you know i'll turn it on to see john c or brock lesnar or something and i'll watch it for you know a couple of days you know a couple of weeks just to follow along then i'll be like ah man this it's not the same it ain't it doesn't feel right and, you know, as years went on and the gimmicks started getting weirder and blander and shit, uh, I just kind of fell out of love with wrestling. I was just like, man, I'm, I'm, you know, now 33 years old. I'm like, eh, it ain't what it ain't what I'm, I, I, I'm used to, but I do have faith in AEW. I do have a lot of faith in all elite wrestling. I think they're doing a great job trying to bring an updated version of the Attitude Era back from the few times that I've seen it so far. And it also does help that the owner of that show is the son's uh is the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. So that's money. Like they're always going to be able to put out a good product. And I think that's what's going to help AEW essentially in the in the fact that it is ran by the wrestlers. It's not ran by a corporate board or anything. It's it's a wrestling brand ran by wrestlers and, you know, produced essentially by wrestlers. So I think it's going to work out in the long run. Uh, but uh, outside of that, I really don't follow. I haven't really followed wrestling in like a good 15, 20 years. Uh, so... So going back to that time, you know, at that time compared to now, I knew everything. I mean, I knew all the wrestlers. I knew all the beefs, I, both WCW and WWE. I knew what was going to happen. I actually heard about, you know, WCW being bought out by WWE before it became a big thing. And it actually happened. And it wasn't even surprising. By that time, I was just like, eh, okay, you know, I'm done with wrestling. It's a monopoly now. It's not fun. I don't have options anymore. Uh, 
And you see what happens when you don't have options. Once the WWE bought all that uh, WCW and uh, ECW, it ran stale. And I think now WWE is backtracking on what it used to do because now you have AEW coming around and actually putting out great shows. Like I said, I don't really watch AEW, but when I'm on YouTube and, you know, I'm feeling nostalgic like I did for this episode, you know, I'll watch a few matches. That's the only wrestling I watch that's current is AEW. The only thing I watch from the WWE is anything uh, before 2003. I think that 2002, like before that time, I'm cool. After that, nah, I don't, I don't fuck with it. So, uh, going back to the story, you know, everybody's, you know, at the beginning of the week, Monday, right? Everybody's like, oh man, you know, this is a dare rally. Someone comes out and says, I heard Shawn Michaels is going to be one of the main, it's going to be the main speaker. And, (laughs) and my man Dante, uh, I'll never forget the kid's name. I'm going to say his whole name, too, because, you know, you know, I just want to give a shout-out to the cat, man. He was the dude that gave me all the game, and he was a hood nigga, too. Uh, <laughs> Dante Ward, real cool cat, man. I will never forget his name. Real cool cat, but he ended up becoming a hood nigga at the end. He's deep. I mean, he's deep, you know, in uh, San Antonio. And, uh he, he, I can't even say call him a hood nigga. I mean, if you're from the hood, you always going to be from the hood. He was just a, he was just a cool kid. You know, he, and wrestling was a thing. And he would always talk to me about wrestling. We would always be talking about wrestling. Every time we saw each other in the hallway, we talk about it. And he was the one that dropped that shit on me. He was like, yo man, I heard Shawn Michaels was going to be the main speaker just i I, i'm just saying i don't know that's just word on the street and remember Shawn michaels was not wrestling at that time so and he he announced his retirement so we didn't know if he was ever going to wrestle at that time you got to think about it this is from the perspective of like a 12 13 year old kid uh talking talking about this so I'm sitting there peeing my pants because he knows Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, you know, he just put in a hell of a match a year or two ago with uh, uh, prior to that point with Undertaker at Hell in a Cell at uh, Bad Blood, which was also followed by another amazing match with. Uh, uh, oh, no, 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 no. That was uh, that's a different one, but. That was the main event for that In Your House uh, event uh, for Bad Blood, which was um, uh, the first ever Hell in a Cell match with uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, which I actually saw a little bit of before I jumped on the mic. And, I, you know, that was I was just like tripping because, you know, at that time, I, you know, being 13, I'm like, oh my God, you know, the, I, I, is he, is he, I can't believe he's actually alive and whatnot, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, he's, and I remember it was like a neck injury or something that curtailed his career at that time. I forgot how, I know it was a little bit after the hell in the cell match with the undertaker, but 
Um, you know, so the week goes on, you know, we go through our dare courses and stuff. And if any teachers also, if any teachers can help me out, please let me know if y'all still do dare week at any schools, whether in Texas or across America, wherever you're listening at, uh, let me know. Let me know, because I'm actually interested in it. I don't know if there still is being ran in schools. So let a brother know. Um, but, you know, the day comes, it's confirmed by that time that Shawn Michaels, hometown hero, San Antonio's finest, is going to be uh, speaking at the D.A.R.E. rally at Harlandale High School that we all went down to to go to the rally for, right? So... It's me. I will never forget it. It's me, my man Aki, uh, my man Rick, uh, I, my nigga Anthony. Uh, uh, you know all these cats that I. We were all on wrestling. We were all on wrestling. Dante, you know, all of us just on wrestling, right? We didn't. I don't remember any. It was like a good two hour rally too, and. I remember going to the football stadium at Harland at high school and, you know, we were following in and stuff. And, you know, they were talking about, you know, giving you the spill, these adults, you know, special guests and stuff. They were coming in and no one saw Shawn Michaels. Right. So we were all like, man, we thought Shawn Michaels was going to be up in this bitch. Like, what the fuck happened? And my my man Dante was like, hey, hey, that's what I heard. I, I I just said, you know, it, it's been confirmed, so he's got to be here. Maybe he's just late, right? And so maybe an hour goes by. You could tell, like, by the – and you could tell kids, even today, if even at a quicker pace today than back then, uh, you know, if something isn't what they're expecting, they get all antsy, they start getting all agitated. They're like, man, why are we even here? You're wasting our time, whatever, right? So just when everybody's starting to get antsy and you could tell that the teachers and the, and the, uh, and the presenters and the other guests could tell that we were all getting antsy too. Cause there was like at least a thousand kids, about a thousand kids. Now I'm going to say a thousand. That's a little too much. So Harlan does a rather smaller high school. I would say about five, 600 kids. Um, you know, they could tell, and they were talking, you know, they were like, oh, we know why you guys are here, don't worry, he's gonna be on his way, just, you know, another 25 minutes, and I feel bad for them as an adult now, (laughs) looking back at it, because I'm pretty sure those people had spent their lives, and there were, you know, there was a band that was there that was, like, from San Antonio, uh, there were, there were, like, some recording artists that no one remembers, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> there's like all these, you know, uh, famous, locally famous people in San Antonio that were there, you know, obviously Shawn Michaels being the biggest of them all, but every single one was sourced from home, you know, and, uh, I, re- I will never forget it, man. Uh, we were all there and there was this lady and she was the head, the lead singer of the band that just performed and they were talking about, you know, why abstaining from drugs and alcohol helped them become the rock stars that they are at that time. And, you know, the things that they saw on the road and how those people uh, ended up, you know, 
being destitute and on, you know, drugs and shit like that and how it ruined their life. And in the middle of it, while she was talking, you just like, I remember we were like at the far, the like we were close enough to the center to where we had a good shot of people coming in and in and out of the, uh, of the track, you know, just imagine it's a high school. So it's not like a domed football stadium or anything. So just imagine a regular high school with a uh, track around it, or regular high school, regular high school football field with a track around it with two stands on the opposing sides, right? And we could see off to our right, like the parking lot. So we knew where the where all the speakers were going to come in from, and. Being the heartbreak kid that he is coming in fashionably late, he comes in and at first it was like all the, the nearest to the entrance was like a school for special needs that was there too. And I, I shit you not, I'm not trying to be funny. I could have swore I saw a kid in a wheelchair stand up with those special needs uh, students down there. Like I knew when I saw that kid stand up, I was like, Shawn Michaels is here. Only Shawn, only someone like Shawn Michaels could do that to a kid and make him walk again. Like, that, it has to be Shawn Michaels. And sure enough, heartbreak kid out there in the flesh, walking through, and all of our minds were blown because we were like, well, in the storyline, he's supposed to be paralyzed. Like, what the fuck? Why is he walking around? Like, this is crazy. And like, a part of me was like, this nigga got some answers like that I need fulfilled because I got some questions because this is fucking my mind up. Right. And, uh, you know, Sean Michael saunters through, he's waving and, you know, getting some autographs, even from some of the speakers that were speaking to us, you know, everybody knew why we were all there. We all, we all knew why we were there because this was the first time we've all seen Sean Michaels since he retired. Now, let me take you back to a paradigm in like the late 90s early 2000s wrestling was on par with some of the biggest things that you know and see and love on the internet today content wise i'm talking like it's big it was bigger than the joe rogan show like that's how big wrestling was at that time it was like i don't think it will ever get bigger than where it was at at that time like it was a national pastime millions 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 just in the in the states alone were watching monday night raw or you know monday night nitro at at that time millions wrestling games were being made millions hell even billions of people were playing wrestling games at that time it was at the pinnacle so you gotta think everybody was thinking a king just walked in when Shawn michaels came in right so we all looking at like, oh, man, I can't believe it. Sean fucking Michaels is actually here. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Right. So he walks up and the, even the announcer knew like the, per, the the sweet lady that was talking about their band success. Poor, poor woman. She was like, OK, calm down. We all know why you're here. She was like, we all know why we're here. So, you know, I'm going to hurry it up. 
And she does that. She hurries up. She gets out the way. The presenter didn't even waste time. He was like, everybody, y'all know who the fuck is coming up next. Shawn motherfucking Michaels. And Shawn Michaels comes up. We all go, we all go crazy. Like I said, like I said, I could have swore I saw a kid in a wheelchair stand up when he came in. I could, and then all the uh, special needs kids were all cheering, all saying, I love you, Shawn Michaels. All of us, we were just crying. Fucking, I, I, I've never seen that kind of pandemonium in my own, like, in my own proximities, like, at that time, until, like, the Spurs won the championship the next, their first championship the next year, then I thought a war was about to happen with all that fucking honking and cars going around the fucking city honking all day and night, but outside of that, up until that point, that, I've never been in that kind of pandemonium, so, you know, Sean goes up, and the one thing... And this is where the wink and a nod concept comes in. You know, understanding when someone's trying to give you a wink, a nudge, and a nod. You know, like, hey, dude, maybe you might want to listen to this. But one of the coldest things, and I know he gets a bad rap about being an asshole and, you know, in wrestling circles and, you know, being, you know, a a, a jerk or, you know, a perfectionist, uh, but that's the price of being great, I've realized, is most of the greatest athletes, most of the greatest minds are always considered that. You know, think about Kanye. Think about uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or, hell, even Donald Trump, you know, like all of them, you know. And I know what I know that sounds weird that he's a great mind, but that man that man is the president, whether, whether it's through cheating or winning, he, he became president. Barack Obama is in that list too. It's a great mind. He, he became president and he's a best-selling author and he has his own, uh, production company and he's produced, I think like two, two, uh, two films or two shows on, uh, on Netflix that have like multiple awards so i mean and and people think he's an asshole and a jerk so i mean it goes both ways but when you're great some people are just gonna think that you're an asshole for being great and he and the one thing i have to respect about Shawn michaels or in this case sean hickenbottom was that he did two things that day one, he kept it fucking real with us. He wasn't trying to be Shawn Michaels' heartbreak kid when he was up on that stage. That was the one thing I always remembered. I was like, this this cat, this cat is actually trying to spit some game at us. Like, he's trying to tell us some shit. And then the second thing about it was that he he wasn't afraid to dispel the myths of wrestling. I will never forget this. This is almost verbatim what he was talking about. I'm just going to try to give you, it was a rather quick speech, but I'm going to try to give you, and I, from what I can remember, and I'm probably going to have to confirm with my niggas on this one whenever I see them, but uh, he gets up on stage and he's just talking, you know, being dare, a dare rally and stuff, you know, hey, you know, I just want to let you guys know I love always coming back to my hometown to give back to and try to help the next kid you know, 
kind of straddled the fence between fun and, you know, and success and, you know, despair and misery. And uh, I just, you know, I know everybody thinks that I'm hurt or whatever. And he or a kayfabe storyline, some something along the story. I can't remember what the storyline was for him retiring, but he was just being honest. He was like, that's not the case. He was like, dangerous things happen to these men in that wrestling ring. He was like, the script is fake. He was like, what you see on that TV isn't real. And this is where the wink, nudge, and nod part comes in. He was like, the things that you see on that TV screen isn't real. But the addictions, the alcoholism, the drug use, the stuff you don't see on the screen, that stuff, that stuff is real. But it's attributed to the fact that they have to keep up this fake persona. And wrestling is very tough. I'm still speaking as Shawn Michaels at this point or Shawn Hickenbottom at this point. But he, he he continues. He's like, you know, I've seen a lot of great people, a lot of famous people that you love to watch on Mondays and, you know, go through horrible things in their life and essentially lose their careers over alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. He was just like, and, you know, it takes a tax and pull, uh, a tax and toll on those performing every single night. I had to get a break from that because I saw myself going down that route. And he was just like, take it from me. It can happen to you, too. He was and he, he was being real. He was like one. He was like, some of you guys will go down that route. Some of you guys will never come back from it. And I didn't think it was going to be me. This is me talking about me now as that kid. I was like, man, I, I was just so enamored that I was looking at my hero. I was like, the, and the fact that he was just being real with us, you know, just telling us essentially like, you know, you're going to grow up and you're going to find out for yourself that Either this is your life or it's not your life. And for someone who's talking to you right now, who struggled with alcoholism, who was, yes, addicted to smoking weed. Addicted to smoking weed. It's not bad for you. Weed is not bad for you. But the behavior and the habits that you have using it can make it bad. Trust me, I know it was for me. But at that time, as a 13-year-old kid, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, how the fuck are you still talking to me? I want to know when when you're coming back to the WWE. But I should have taken the wink and the nod. But it was something that I didn't think about until I started doing this podcast. And for some odd reason, I, I thought about that story. Like, man, I can't believe that happened to me. I was that dude that, that fell on hard times. Because of alcohol, it cost me my Air Force career. It cost me my college, uh, my college uh, career. It cost me a good chunk of my adult life being an alcoholic and smoking my life away. And I and I didn't take a wink and a nod. 
you know, I didn't believe it was going to happen to me. And it happened to me. You know, my 20s were tough. They were lonely, you know, at times traumatic. I survived. But I know those are the things that I am. You know, I, I am an alcoholic. I don't drink alcohol anymore because I know I'm an alcoholic. I stopped smoking weed because I know weed ain't bad. It's that I can't control what I do with my habits around weed. Not to say that I don't take the friendly toke when it's offered, but I'm not actively going out and saying, hey, man, can I get an eighth? Yo, man, can I? Man, I, I, I need, I, it, it cost me so much money and time of my life. Yeah, it helped me expand my mind. Yeah, I did other drugs. You know, I dropped acid and, you know, I, I, I've done shrooms and stuff like that. But, I mean, it took so much time away from what I needed to do. And maybe it might have helped me, you know, in other aspects, as far as exploring my mind and understanding the world that I live in more. But Shawn Michaels was right. You know, I barely, barely, barely recovered from that life only because a pandemic occurred. Because before the pandemic, I was I had no car. I had I had no job. You know, I just got fired like literally a week before the pandemic for yelling at my boss for treating me like a fucking slave. So once the pandemic occurred and everybody else started losing their job be, be out of just unfortunate events versus self-inflicted events like myself. I saw I saw the opportunity that everybody was going to be on the same page. But I have lived that kind of lifestyle, you know, that everybody's now accustomed to a very hard, you know, very like, like a very, uh, frugal and ascetic, uh, kind of lifestyle to where, you know, every dollar's got to count or, you know, every meal's got to stretch. You know, I've lived that life throughout my twenties and, you know, thank God not throughout my thirties. I'm only 33, but I mean, up until at least 30, 31, um, I struggled with life and with myself. And I always think about, I like, why, why is it this? And it wasn't until just a couple of weeks ago, that particular moment in my life, like my own hero, Sitting there telling me, man, I've seen it happen. Stay away from it because you might not come back from it. But that's what makes champions champions. This is the other part that he was saying. He was like, that's what makes champions champions. He was like, the belt that I have around my waist is something I was willing to sacrifice all that for. You know, I I was willing to. You know, I was, you know, I was going down that route, but I saw myself as the champion that I, that you all see me as what kind of man wants to be idolized for doing, you know, for doing drugs or, you know, for being an abusive person or whatever, like what kind of dude 
real man wants to be appreciated for that. And so I think that's the true mark of a champion, man. And I just want to say, man, I, I, I gotta, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Mr. Hickenbottom, this, I'm talking to you. I appreciate you trying to spit some game at me that day. At all of us, you know, some of us failed you. You know, you came back to look out for your city and at least, you know, say some shit to some kids that you can hopefully inspire to do something for the city of San Antonio and for the world and inspire everybody else and and show everybody else, okay, these are the people of San Antonio. This is how we roll down here. We're champions down here. You know, the Spurs, Shawn Michaels, you know what I mean? Like, everything about us. We're champions down here. And we're low-key about it. But but there's there's a uniqueness about us being champions down here. And I appreciate you trying to throw that at us, man. Like, if I ever get a chance to say that to you directly, I'll say I'll say it in much more kinder words and and probably a lot longer than what I'm saying right now. But I just want to say to you, Mr. Hickenbottom, aka the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, I appreciate you. You did change at least one kid's life. You changed my life because you proved to me during that time. You may have not remembered what it is that you said, but I do. And I lived it. I lived the life that you were trying to prevent a kid like me go through going, uh, you know, going through. And it was an I told you so moment. And you told me so. You told me so. But you also proved to me that I am a champion. Because now I got a business. Now I got a podcast. Now I'm working on putting my life back together and helping those that helped me get to this point. I'm not there yet. But I want to pass the buck on until all the listeners. Now I'm talking to you, listener. That. To be a champion doesn't mean you got to be you got to be the guy that always hits the game winning shot. Sometimes a champion is the guy who pat who's smart enough to pass the ball to the person that you know can make a game winning shot. Maybe he's not the star of the team, but he's the he's the person on the team that's important. Maybe maybe you know you're not maybe you're not the star of your job. Maybe you do your job horribly. But a real champion. Ain't going to sit there and bitch and complain about their job. They're going to sit there and try to help somebody else be good at their job. That's a champion. And I think that's the. Uh, the, the very essence of a champion. Is influencing others to be greater than you. And I think that's what Sean did. You know, I think I think Sean Michaels true I could say personal talking from personal experience. And you guys have heard all the stories up to now. I'm a fucking champion. I'm a fucking champion, dude. I, I've I've been through hell and high water in my own life. And maybe you have too. 
And if you have, you're a fucking champion too. Raise your hands up. Tell everybody that you are. Because you've overcome some shit you wasn't supposed to overcome. You dealt with some shit that you wasn't supposed to be dealing with or you didn't want to have to deal with. You heard the stories from me. Volume 1 through volume 17. This very volume. I've dealt with some cold shit since that time at that dare rally when I was 13 years old. Some cold ass shit. And America taught me a lot about me as a man. And I failed more times than I can count my successes. But at the end of the day, I still feel like I'm that dude. I'm that guy that can make shit happen out of nothing because I've done it. You've heard me over and over again through all these stories. And that's what you should be doing too. Making shit happen. So if you're going to vote, vote because you want to make shit happen. If you don't go vote, don't vote, but go out and make shit happen. Because that's what champions do. That's what winners do. That's what people like you and me do. This is another Midnight Podcast. I'm 
beat your ass, keep talking back I beat your ass, who bought you that? You stole it, I beat your ass If you say that game is broken I beat your ass if you jump on my couch I beat your ass if you walk in this house With tears in your eyes Running from poor poor and Prentice Go back outside, I beat your ass Little nigga, that homework better be finished I beat your ass, your teachers better not be bitching About you in class, that piece of bed not be wasted You eat it all, the TV better not be loud If you got it on, them Jordans better not get dirty When I just bought them Better not hear about you humping on Keisha's daughter Better not hear you got caught up I beat your ass, you better not run to your father I beat your ass, you know my patience running thin I got boo-boo payments to make County buildings on my ass Trying to take my food stamps away I beat your ass if you tell them social workers he live here I beat your ass if I beat your ass twice and you still here Seven years old, think you run this house by yourself Nigga, you gon' fear me if you don't fear no one else If I could smoke fear away, I'd roll that motherfucker up Take it from me and leave me worse than I was before 
At 27, my biggest fear was losing it all. Scared to spend money, had me sleeping from hard to hard. Scared to go back to Section 8 with my mama stressing. 30 shows a month, and I still won't buy me no Lexus. One is an advisor, somebody that's holding my checks just to fuck me over and put my finances in debt. I read a case about Rihanna's accountant and wonder. I did the bad girl feel when she looked at them numbers. That type of shit'll make me flip out and just kill some, drill some, get ill and feel wretched with a little some. I practice running from fear. Guess I had some good luck at 27 years old. My biggest fear was being judged. How they look at me, reflect on myself, my family, my city. What they say about me reveal if my reputation will miss me. What they see from me will trickle down generations in time. What they hear from me. Will make them highlight my simplest lines I'm talking fear Fear losing creativity I'm talking fear Fear missing out on you and me I'm talking fear Fear losing loyalty for pride Cause my DNA won't let me involve In the light of God I'm talking fear Fear that my humbleness is gone I'm talking fear Fear that love ain't living here no more I'm talking fear Fear that is wickedness or weakness. Fear, whatever it is, both is distinctive. Fear, what happens on earth stays on earth, and I can't take these feelings with me, so hopefully they disperse. Within 14 tracks, carried out over wax, searching for resolutions until somebody get back. Fear, what happens on earth stays on earth, and I can't take these feelings with me, so hopefully they disperse within 14 tracks, carried out over wax, wondering if I'm living through fear, living through rap. Damn. God damn you. God damn me. God damn us. God damn we God damn us all Verse 2 says you only have I known of all the families of the earth Therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities So until we come back to these commandments Until you come back to these commandments we're going to feel this way. We're going to be under this curse. Because he said he's going to punish us, the so-called blacks, Hispanic, and Native American Indians, are the true children of Israel. We are the Israelites according to the Bible. The children of Israel is going to punish us for our iniquity, for our disobedience, because we chose to follow other gods. Then as a man chesses his son, so the Lord thy God chesses thee. So just like you're chesting your own son, he's going to chesting you because he loves you. So that's why we get chastised. That's why we're in the position that we're in. Until we come back to these laws, statutes, and commandments and do what the Lord says, these curses are going to be upon us. We're going to be at a lower state in this life that we live 
here and today in the United States of America. I love you, family, and I pray for you. God bless you. Shalom. Hey, what's going on? Uh, just came back. Had to eat a little something during the interlude. Uh, before we dip out, just wanted to let you know uh, what you just heard came from Kendrick Lamar's uh, 2016 album, Damn, in the song Fear. Uh, Chop Not Slot version by DJ Doman. Uh, from Houston, Texas. Shout out to my Texas people out there. You always know if you've been rolling with me this long, I always got to give a shout out to Texas music, Texas musicians. You know, that's my home. And like my hero, Shawn Michaels was telling, you know, I got to look out for my people, man. Try to try to put them in good spots, too. So that's why I always give a shout out to every single music artist in this whole journey that we are taking together in America. So shout out to Kendrick Lamar. Shout out to uh, DJ Doman. Shout out to all the DJs out in the world. Support your DJs because they are the ones that make the parties fun. So remember that uh, at the beginning, uh, you know, you heard Iron Maiden. My favorite 80s band of all time from their debut album, Iron Maiden, and the song Phantom of the Opera, uh, pre-Bruce Dickinson, even though Bruce Dickinson is the greatest singer of all time, uh, it, to me, as far as the heavy metal singers, but uh, I like I liked when Paul was in the group because, the lead singer, because of the fact that... Uh, it was more punk. It was more punk metal to me than anything. And it was a group that I genuinely fell in love with back when I was high, in high school. So a uh, little old school metal for you guys. A little bit of uh, chopped and slap, chopped, not slap, excuse me, uh, hip hop for y'all from uh, the Lone Star State. So uh, shout out to them. Shout out to the great wrestlers of the Attitude Era, you know, the Stone Colds, the the Rocks, you know, the Undertakers and the Shawn Michaels and the Triple H's and, you know, the Mankinds and Do Loves and Cactus Jacks and, you know, the Hardy Boys of the world, you know, then and the ones who are the new versions of those people now, you know, whomever they may be, wherever they're at. And whatever they do, you know, there's a there's a Stone Cold Steve Austin in every walk of life, you know, the same as there is a a, a Ric Flair in every walk of life, man. It's just, you know, how you present yourself that gives you that same kind of, you know, charisma, you know, bravado, you know, that game, you know, uh, you know, shout out to them. Shout out to the women in wrestling. You know, the Sasha Bankses and the Charlotte Flares and, you know, all them cats. One of the greatest matches I still think to this day is WrestleMania in 2016, I believe, 2015 or 2016. Uh, uh, the Fatal 4-Way uh, match. I can't. It was Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair. 
I can't remember the other two. Uh, I'm sorry about that. You know, I'm, I'm running out of time. I got to head out of here and take care. Working on another uh, series. Uh, so you'll start seeing people's faces soon. <laughs> I know I, I'm a mystery to a lot of people. You know, it's like, oh, I wonder what this motherfucker looks like. Don't worry, the time will come. But, <laughs> and if not, good. That's what I want. I don't want y'all to know what I look like. You know what I mean? I just want, I just want y'all to, you know, forget me throughout time and just, you know, take what you can from these podcasts and, you know, carry them out and do as you will with them. You know what I mean? It's just, it's open source software. You know, use what I, I'm telling you however you want to use it. Um, so, uh, shout out to all the great wrestlers throughout WWF and WWE history. Uh, thank you for inspiring a kid like me to not give a fuck, especially in the attitude era to not give a fuck and to not be afraid of the consequences that come with not giving a fuck. Uh, you guys heard it from me firsthand. I've lived that life and, I now give a fuck about it, <laughs> but I, I I had to I had to take a couple of chair shots to the head. You know what I mean? I had to fall fifteen feet from a ladder, you know, so to speak, in life. You know, to get the hint that okay, maybe I need to know when this shit is about to go down, so I could prepare myself for you know, you know, prevention of being set back because I've been set back so many times in my life. And now I'm in a position to where I got to start clawing and doing everything I can to break even, essentially. Uh, but in the hindsight, I will look back at this pandemic and be thankful that it occurred only because of the fact that it kind of evened the pages. It kind of it kind of exposed society to where. I feel like everybody has an equal shot at being something out of it. If they do the right things during this time, you know, like creating content, making a business or helping businesses or doing whatever they can to advance. You know, just remember, we're all in the same position. This something like this ain't ever happened in history to this extent to where money got involved, you know, I would say the closest is, you know, the world wars and, you know, the, uh, Spanish flu and shit, but I'm talking like in modern history, like within the last 50 years, ain't nothing like this happened. So we're all on the same page, man. We all got the same shot. You know, those who are at the top can fall and those at the bottom can rise. And that's usually the case. Someone's going to lose majorly. And someone's going to win majorly in this whole pandemic. And that's who that's who I'm looking for is who 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 are the people that are going to win? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be me? Is it going to be us or is it not going to be any of us at all? It's going to still be the same people at the top and the same people at the bottom. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh. Election day is right, right around the corner, so check that out and make sure you uh, vote. And if you don't, like I said, do something to make sure that this country doesn't backtrack. If you're not going to vote, uh, do something to promote the country to progress. Uh, 
that's just as good to me as voting. You know, if you're not, if you don't believe in your government, take it up in your own hands and be positive about it and, you know, progress this country in a positive manner, in the right direction. You know, uh, if you want to chat with me, drop a voice message, you know where to go. Anchor.fm forward slash Midnight Podcast Club. You can also find Standard Active Laboratories all over social media. Instagram at Standard Labs. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Standard Labs NPO. Uh, the followers are slow. You know, it's not, it's not, you would think doing this for seven or eight months, uh, you would get in as much content as, you know, I've been putting out these podcasts and the information that you're receiving for free, for free. And, and on top of that, I'm rebelling against the system and, you know, putting music out and giving them love, you know, and if they come, if and when they come after me. I have I have a good I have a good legal team to back me up on this so we're going to be cool but it's all out of love. I'm not sitting here taking credit for anybody else's work. If anything, I take credit that their work inspired me to tell you all these things about myself because music is a huge part of life. Music the humans are music. It's just vibrations. We all vibrate. We all uh we all coordinate together through different versions of quote unquote music, whether it's literal or uh, figurative. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Much love to all the artists up until this point. Uh, shout out. Give me a shout out, you know, or if you want to talk business and to you listener, if you just want to talk, hit me up personally. Or hit anybody else up at Standard Active. Or, you know, once we start releasing uh, job opportunities for those out there, go to Midnight Podcast Club at gmx.us. We'll respond. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We got you. We got you. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Um, and possibly if, you know, you got something pertaining to the show, let me know. Just might get heard on the show. You've heard other people on the show at this point. And uh, become a part of history. You know, this podcast is a time capsule. You know, it's just a, a picture of time of changing events. And, you know, just like I said, I'm I'm only one American life. And I just want to capture at least one American life at a very un-American time. And... Th- Try to make sure that this lasts so that your children and your friends and your families and, you know, generations beyond this point can look back at this and say, okay, I could take something from this. Just like my hero, Shawn Michaels, made me realize as a 33-year-old man looking back at my life and realizing damn years 20 years later and now i understand what that brother was trying to hit him at just keeping it real and you know that saying you know never meet your heroes man i got to see my hero you know i got to see my hero and my hero 
blessed me with some game that I wasn't I was even thinking about at the time. But I I'm thankful that he he was there to say it and it was him, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. So shout out to everybody in San Antonio. I love y'all. You know, I do this podcast for you guys and I do this podcast for my friends and my family and for those in my past that I am in debt to and more than just financially and, you know, people who have inspired me uh, both, you know, emotionally, mentally and also physically, you know, there's being a stronger man at the end of the day. So I thank you guys and I thank you listener for uh listening up to this point. Uh Happy Halloween. Don't do anything that I would do. <laughs> and, and if you're doing what I would do, you're pretty fucking crazy and you need to stop that shit. So happy Halloween. Stay safe. Uh, you know, keep in mind the six foot rule, but at the same time, I mean, you didn't want people around you anyways, right? You don't want people touching your costume and fucking up your makeup and shit. So six feet rule may apply to your benefit this year. (laughs) All right, people. Happy Halloween. Don't try to kill each other over the holidays. All right. But let it just be what it is. Once we get past this election, just chill the fuck out and move on with your life. We, you know, for those who are listening with me, I, we, we made it this far with Donald Trump. We made eight years with, you know, Bush and Barack and Clinton. Life will move on. Don't think that world is ending. If, Biden wins and don't think that the world is going to go to shit if Donald Trump wins. Just live your life and continue to do positive shit. There's more of us than there is them. So don't 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 get caught up in all the fanfare and you know the polls and shit. Just let the chips fall where they may. Come back to another midnight podcast. And you know your boy got you, man. You know, you know I'm gonna teach you some real game. I'm gonna spit some real game with you. I'm gonna guide you through this. I'm gonna guide you through all this. We're you're we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it through 2020. You and me, we're gonna make it. You just keep coming back to the show, and we'll make it. I, I'll make sure. I'll make sure we'll make it through. Okay. <laughs> Go take a fucking bath, man. Trick or treat, smell my feet. Have a happy Halloween. Love y'all. Take care. Have a great holiday season. Cheer up. Smile behind those masks. Take the mask off. Don't be afraid to be out in the open sometimes, man. Don't take life all this fucking shit seriously, man. Just live your life and live righteous, man. Live positive. Live smart. It's going to be okay. We're champions, man. Champions always overcome. All right, y'all stink. I'm out of here. Good night.